news, standings, and stories. This past week in Thunderbirds Athletics, it was a tick up in regards to what they had previously done, but it still wasn't great uh, in terms of football and rugby. And the sports that played over the past week included uh, men's and women's soccer, who tallied three total wins and allowed zero goals, while men's hockey beat out their rivals in Trinity Western. Field hockey got their swagger back. Football put up another disappointing performance, as previously mentioned. This time it was unfortunately at homecoming, while rugby suffered a tough loss on the women's side. And the men's team, tough opponents, they're out in Tokyo right now playing at the World University Rugby Cup, and let's just say it wasn't a pretty first match for them. In other news, uh, Eric Thompson, who hasn't been on the show lately, he was able to sit down with UBC Women's Rugby lock Emma Feldinger in the first of a two-part women's rugby interview series. That will come towards the end of the show, but for now, let's start with some positive outcomes from last week's Thunderbirds outings. Liz, what happened in terms of field hockey? Yeah, in the world of field hockey, the men's field hockey team is off to a good start this season as they follow up their 3-2 win over Surrey Lions who two weeks ago with a 2-0 win over the India FHC this past weekend. And the Thunderbirds are one of three teams in the 10 team in Vancouver's men's field hockey league premier division to start a year 2-0 and uh, which is a very good start considering they won just 7, no actually 4-7-3 last year. And next up for them is a home match, which will be this Saturday against the Surrender Lions B team, who were promoted to the Premier Division this year. But they are 0-1, Thunderbirds 2-0. Good start for the men's varsity field hockey team. They don't often get a lot of love, but good start for them. Yeah, and turning to the women's side, the women's field hockey team had uh, just had their first Canada West season opener this past weekend, um, taking on Calgary Dinos on the road in a two-game series. They started the year off right with back-to-back victories in hard-fought 2-1 and 4-3 finishes. And on, sa- on Friday, it was Sarah Goodman opened up the scoring for UBC in the ninth minutes, but Dinos tied it up before halftime immediately after the Thunderbirds missed a penalty shot that would have made it 2-0. Two, 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 two and however, um, our very own Margaret Fan put UBC back up top on, in the 39th, and the Thunderbirds took Game 1. After Game 1, Saturday's game was pretty similar to the first as Fam and Hannah Eberle scored to put UBC up 2-0 in the first half. But the Dinos were able to come back with two goals in less than a minute. And then second half, Jordan Fychuk uh, and Goodman both found the back of the net. And though Calgary got one more late, the Thunderbirds held on to the victory. Yeah, Thunderbirds are entering the season with something to prove this year uh, after their dominant seven straight national championship run ended last season. They lost to Canada West to Victoria just on goal difference. So they'll be looking to climb back to the top of the mountain this year. They have the weekend off uh, this coming week. They will look to get some revenge against the Vikes on the 28th and 29th. And now moving on to men's soccer. The men's team only had one game this past week, and they got back on track with a 2-0 home win over Lethbridge. Mackenzie Cole and Nick Fussell provided the goals in what was their first truly dominant performance of the season. The prong... Yeah, the Pronghorns did have uh, one good chance uh, very early on in the match. Deflected shot from Danila Morales, deflection, hit the crossbar, and uh, despite that scare, UBC took control of the match and just dominated the rest of the way. Uh, There wasn't much else for the Pronghorns going forwards. Yeah, Cole broke the deadlock in the 31st minute after he was sent in all alone from a Mitch Burrow through ball. Five minutes after halftime, Mahai Hadou almost doubled the lead with a shot that hit the post. But just a minute later, he fed Fussell, who did grab the Thunderbirds second. 
a crazy stat is the shots this game. UBC outshot Lethbridge 21-4. to Yikes. With 12 of those on goal. And then they also had 12 corners compared to just two shots on goal and one corner for the visitors. I mean, this is the second game in a row where the Thunderbirds recorded over 20 shots. This is an offensive powerhouse. It's just a matter of keeping those on net. Yeah, and I mean, that 20-plus shots didn't really work in the first game because they lost 2 nothing to UBC Okanagan. And I do want to shout out UBCO because they're currently 6-1-1, the best men's soccer team in Canada West. If you're related to the Thunderbirds, you're doing something right. Yeah. And I'm that, just saying. And those six wins, that's tied their school record for most ever wins <laughs> since they moved to U Sports. So I don't really know what happened. I think we need to talk to their coach, yeah. see, <laughs> see what he's doing differently Thunderbirds need to pull like a, a Bayern Munich and just scoop up some of those players, <laughs> bring them in on transfers next season, you know. Sorry, UBCO, you must be sacrificed for the greater good. <laughs> and uh, Thunderbirds, they lead Canada West in shots per game at almost 17. The average is just 10.5, but they're only third in the conference in goals per game at 1.6, only just above the average of 1.4. So they're being very elite at getting uh, shots off but only slightly above average in terms of actually converting those. So hopefully that ratio improves. So you wonder what the actual chances look like. I know mm-hmm. there's some stat in hockey where it's like you you basically can evaluate how good of an opportunity you have when you shoot it. I don't know if there's an advanced stat like that in soccer, but if there were, I would bet you that the Thunderbirds is pretty low considering their goal to shot ratio. Just bombing it consistently from 30 yards out. Right, just ta- just taking it. your chances and seeing yeah. what happens. <laughs> Also, a quick shout-out to goalkeeper Jason Roberts, who, with the shout-out in this match, moved to fifth all-time in Canada West, and shout-outs with 16 and a half. Half a shout-out. <laughs> half a shout he, he got it done. Only had to play half the game. Right. <laughs> Next up for the men's side is a road trip with games against McEwen and Alberta coming up this weekend. In the UBC women's team, they played two games. They came back from their two draws to start the season to win both of the next two by a combined score of 6 to nothing. Those back-to-back shutouts means the Thunderbirds remain undefeated in Canada West play. And then uh, good to see them get back on track with some dominant performances to justify that top 10 ranking nationally. Yeah, the first game this weekend saw the Thunderbirds shut out the Mount Royal Cougars 2-0 in Calgary. And Alyssa Hunt was the one who kicked off the scoring for the Thunderbirds with a penalty kick in the 12th minute. The Thunderbirds would then carry that 1-0 lead into halftime. Yeah, it was a little bit back and forth there, but uh, Thunderbirds did get some insurance when friend of the program, Danielle Steer, sealed the victory with her first goal of the season in the 78th minute. Check out our interview with her from a couple weeks ago in the archives. The scoreline in the this one was not indicative of the game itself. Uh, UBC did outshoot MRU 15-2 to in the second half, totaling 20 shots in the game versus MRU's 8. Yeah, shots on goal also in the Thunderbirds' favor. Not quite as lopsided as the total shot count. It was just 12-7, to but still 12 shots on target is definitely a good thing. And for the Thunderbirds, Emily Moore stopped all the shots she faced, earning her second clean sheet, allowing no goals throughout the entirety of the game. And that's two out of three now for her. Meanwhile, Alyssa Hunt had two shots, both on target to go along with one goal and one assist. Nice start to the year for her as well. And going back to Danielle Steer, she had eight total shots in this game, six on target to go along with her game ceiling goal back in the 78th. 
Yeah, not the best start for Steer in terms of goals and assists compared to her amazing year last year. But if she's getting six shots on target in one game, that's just as much to do with some good play from a Mount Royal goalkeeper as uh, Herbin. She did obviously get the one goal. UBC won their second game of the weekend as well, completing an Alberta sweep with a 4-0 win over Lethbridge. It was three first-half goals that propelled the Thunderbirds to victory, followed by one more goal in the second half to just add on to the Pronghorn's misery. Yeah, the Thunderbirds got off to a really fortuitous start three minutes into the game when a cross into the box from Michelle Jang ended up turning into a Pronghorn's own goal. And then in the 27th minute, we saw Jang fouled inside the penalty area with Hunt converting her second spot kick in as many games. The second game was great for the Thunderbirds. They were able to collect one more goal before halftime with Vanessa Tome putting the team up 3-0 following a pass from Amelia Crawford. Finally, you had rookie Nisa Rahal add one more in the second half as she bombed down the wing for her first goal as a Thunderbird. Congrats to Nisa. Yeah, good to see a couple of rookies getting on the score sheet. Tome, a rookie as well. Again, just like the men's team and the first women's game, UBC outshot the Pronghorns 10-5 in the first half. 11-4 in the second half for 21-9 for the game. And just like the first game, 12-7 UBC for shots on goal. Tome, six shots. Hunt, five shots. And it includes for Tome, like Steer in the first game, she had five shots on goal, in uh, including her one goal. So UBC doing a good job pressuring the, the goalies both games this weekend. And the history between these two teams is very, very lopsided <laughs> in the Thunderbirds' favor. All time, and this is not a joke, their record is 18-0-1, so there was a tie somewhere in there, um, but outscoring them, UBC 88-9 in those 19 matches, including a 17, including 17-1 17 to 1 since 2013. The one time that the Thunderbirds failed to beat them was that 2-2 draw that I had earlier mentioned, but that was way back in 1991. It's there is nothing in recent history <laughs> that says that the Longhorns or the Pronghorns have even a remote chance of getting close to this Thunderbirds team. It's been a while since UBC was uh, seriously threatened by Lethbridge. Uh, and Thunderbirds, they will return home uh, this weekend, 20th and 21st, to take on Regina and Saskatchewan, moving from that uh, Alberta sweep to hopefully a Saskatchewan sweep. Let's hope so. And uh, now we'll move on to men's hockey. To quickly touch on the men's hockey team, they finally got themselves in the win column with a 5-3. Congrats, victory. men's hockey. <laughs> Getting things back on track. Exactly. And it was over TWU. So that was even, you know, an added bonus. Thunderbirds scored two first period goals, followed by three in the second to secure their first win of the year. Five different goal scorers for the Thunderbirds. Austin Glover, Quinn Benjafield, Colton Kaler, Carter Popoff, and Maxwell James. Sharing the love. Yeah, Trinity Western did make this game interesting, pulling the score back to 3-2 to after going down 3 nothing in the second, but the Thunderbirds' offense proved to be too much to hand out when all was said and done. To showcase what we mean, UBC did outshoot Trinity Western 43-20. to Carter Popoff had a goal and an assist. Maxwell James also had a goal and a helper. And then Jonathan Smart with two assists. Yeah, and it wasn't exactly a fully clean game as well. Along with the eight goals, there were 17 penalties, 64 total penalty minutes, including two 10-minute misconducts for Thunderbirds, Austin Vetterell and Sean Dosange. And Dosange also was penalized for charging and giving a five-minute major for fighting, giving him 17 penalty minutes in one game. Do you remember last year? I guess maybe Corey would, Nico, you probably wouldn't. 
but the women's team and the men's team would rack up in, mm-hmm. all from game to game like absurd amounts of penalty. I think it was like the women's team specifically. I think they. I wouldn't get near any of those players <laughs> like off the ice. I, what also what I remember was a men's hockey the backup goalie getting a ten minute yeah, misconduct in one game. I remember game. that. I think it was yeah Ryland Toth. I think it yeah. was who got our, that. Hey, our hockey teams they're rough and tumble. Don't yeah. mess with them. <laughs> But that being said, uh, good job getting the W. They will have one more tune-up on the 20th and 21st when they host McEwen before Canada West play begins. And Canada West, that all starts on the 27th of this month against Alberta. You know, I feel like we've been talking about too many wins so far <laughs> this show. Yeah. I mean, what, what sports loss did I mention? Oh, yeah, football. And uh, rugby, which one are we going to go with here? <laughs> it looks like we're going with football, gentlemen. Prepare yourself. Oh, boy. However, however, last week we did ask for more than one scoring drive, and our prayers were answered. We got two field goal drives. Yes, claps for that. Unfortunately, though points were slightly more plentiful at this week's homecoming game, the Thunderbirds football team was back to its old tricks on Saturday, grabbing an early lead with some inspired play, then getting absolutely dominated from halfway through the second you, quarter. you got to love it. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty predicting, right? <laughs> pretty predictable at this point. Yeah. Domination started halfway through the second quarter until the final whistle to the tune of 47 unanswered points. The thousands in attendance went home with little to celebrate, and this team must again look at themselves in the mirror and try to find any solutions. At least this one started with an exciting moment. Less than two minutes into the game, Dino's punter Nico DeFont, great name, by the way, took a half second too long to deliver a kick and got swarmed by on-rushing Thunderbirds. Michael Calvert blocked the punt, and Mitchell Townsend delivered the goods to stake UBC to an early 7-0 lead. And the defense held, you know, throughout the first 20 minutes, as has been the theme throughout the season. While the offense actually turned in a pair of solid drives, which then converted into a couple of Garen McDonald field goals, which were his first points in Canada West. Congrats, McDonald. But on the other side, Nick Cross... He was pretty good all game, 15 total tackles, but unfortunately, it's not a one-man sport. It's not a one-person sport. This is a team sport, and the rest of the team kind of dropped the ball on defense. Yeah, and uh, also, unfortunately for the Thunderbirds, the games don't end after 20 minutes. Might be 3-0 if that was the case, but instead (laughs) 0-3 because after it became 13-0, Dinos took over. Quarterback Adam Sanegra took over in particular, throwing four he's touchdown so good. passes. Adam is so good. He's been great for the last three years. I believe he's now top five all-time Canada West for touchdowns, and he's got most of a season to go still. Uh, he had two touchdowns to second-year receiver Matt Zentulek. Uh Josiah Joseph also had a rushing touchdown and a 72-yard pick six from Dino's defender Deanne Leonard added to that 47 to nothing run to end the game. Thunderbirds seem to be in a competition with themselves to see how big of a unanswered run they can give up uh, game by game. 47, hopefully we don't see that again. Yeah, hopefully that remains the record for a long time. <laughs> Besides Cross, though, no one really stood out for the Thunderbirds. Tommy Yanchek was ineffective. He went 14 for 23 for a measly 112 yards and an interception. The rush offense was pitiful as per usual. Jacob Patton, after two solid games catching the ball, was held without a reception. And perhaps most worryingly, UBC has tallied a grand total of nine points in second halves this season. If they are to win any games in 2019, they'll need to learn to wake up after the break. Jeez, Corey, tell us how you really feel. (laughs) (laughs) Next up, UBC will head back to the road to face the 1-2 Manitoba Bisons. So maybe there is some promise there. We were talking ahead of the show, Corey. 
and you said if they're going to win, it might be against Manitoba. They're an opponent that, like you said to me, you know, it's a silver of opportunity. They take that on on Saturday afternoon. Hopefully, they can at least make it a you know a challenging game down the stretch. And now we're going to take a break, a break for ads and PSAs, and we'll come back to you with some news from rugby. Welcome back to Thunderbird Eye. It's now just Jacob, Jake, Corey, and Nico. Liz has to buzz off every Thursday morning to class early. So when you hear us refer to ourselves as gentlemen, as Corey earlier did, no, we're not excluding Liz. She actually has left the building. (laughs) But in terms of Thunderbird sports, rugby, it's a really exciting time for this men's side. And although they started off at a surprising 0-1 record, the UBC Thunderbirds are now literally half of a world away in Tokyo, Japan, where they've seen their record drop to 0-2 after taking on a very, very formidable opponent in their opening match of the second annual World University Rugby Invitational. It was a tough 42-0 loss, and the defending champion University of Cape Town side from South Africa dominated the Thunderbirds from start until finish. However, there is some time for redemption as they have two more group matches before the semifinals. Yeah, the Thunderbirds placed third overall out of eight teams at the first World University Rugby Invitational that was held in Oxford, England, and they ended up defeating the host Oxford uh, for the bronze medal in that game. And then the last time the Thunderbirds lost their first two matches of the season was back in 2011-2012, when the team only played four official games the entire year. So this is not a normal start for the Thunderbirds, but considering they played one of the best teams in BC in the first game, and then one of the best teams in the world, maybe the best team in the world uh, in their second game. In terms of university. In terms Let's of universities, obviously. They're not going to beat the New Zealand <laughs> All Blacks by any means. I, I would I would like to watch that game. <laughs> I, I, be... don't, I don't think it would be that pretty for the Thunderbirds if they had to take on like the All Blacks. <laughs> i got to be honest, though. I didn't expect Oxford University to be a rugby power. 
Like, England has a pretty rich history of yeah. rugby. Um, and then you got to think Oxford's pretty elite in a lot of things, so yeah. why not rugby? Yeah, fair enough. Uh, the Invitational did begin on the 14th of September. Runs through the 24th with the Birds' next two matches taking place today against the University of Bordeaux at 7.30 p.m. And another match at 10 p.m. against a combination team from New Zealand universities. In their first games, Bordeaux faced New Zealand and the French side came out victorious 9-5. So in total in this tournament, just to give a little bit of background, there are eight teams in this what they call Elite Invitational which features, it really does feature the best of collegiate rugby programs from around the world. And the Thunderbirds are the only squad from the western half of the entire earth that are at this tournament. So it says something about the, you know, great history and uh, consistent play of our program. Other teams at this universe, at the event, which are all university teams, include, as Corey mentioned, Oxford. There's Russia, Siberian Federal University, which I would not want to face. Sounds extremely intimidating. Putin's just in on it. He's like helping the rugby team. Get they train with polar bears. <laughs> the University of Sydney and the host Waseda University of Japan. Yeah, and Thunderbirds were ranked number three heading into the tournament. They do have some ground to recover in order to make the semifinals. But even if they don't end up being world champs, as Jacob mentioned, they can always call themselves champions of the Western Hemisphere, at least. So <laughs> that's something to hang the hat on. For sure. Now looking at the women's rugby team, they lost an extremely close match with the Uvic Vikes Sunday. The final score was 36-34 to in the Legends Cup clash. The Thunderbirds are now 0-2 to start Canada West play this season. However, their 34-point performance was an improvement after only managing to score 14 in the regular season opener against the Dinos. Yeah, third-year center Shoshana Samanatafa, strong, out- strong outing with two tries. For the Thunderbirds, Madison Gold, Jillian Bogue, Bo Shekelins, and Hunter Seppel also chipping in with tries of their own. Some great names across this team for the UBC women's rugby. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, what killed the Thunderbirds was missed converts. Uh, they went two for six on their extra point kicks. Part of the reason was the majority of their tries being scored in the corners of the try zones. Yeah, I mean, a two-point loss where you miss four two-point kicks, that, that's got to sting a little bit. But to solidify how close this match was, you see the final being 34 to 36. But there was also five lead changes. This wasn't one big surmounted comeback. The Vikes turned a 29 to 19 UBC lead to a 36-29 lead of their own in the second half after Victoria Center Paige Ferry scored three tries in just 14 minutes. Yeah, UBC did have the chance to tie the game in the 70th minute after Seppel's try, but that was one of their missed converts, and after that point, they were unable to score any more. Yeah, two rugby teams, two 0-2 starts. Not great, but the good news for the women's side is that four of the five teams at Canada West do make the playoffs. So they just got to be better than one other team in the regular season, and they'll have the chance to turn it on in the postseason. Next up is a home match against Alberta. Hopefully look at that first win of the season then. Continuing on the theme of rugby, it's time for our interview. Eric Thompson, who hasn't been on the show lately, he still was able to make time to sit down with back row rugby player of the women's side, Emma Feldinger, to talk about her play on the pitch, and her hard work off the field. It's about a 12-minute interview, so sit back and enjoy another CITR special here. Special interview here on Thunderbird Eye, the UBC Thunderbirds radio show on CITR 101.9 FM. I've got UBC Women's Rugby back row and Canada Under-20 National, Emma Feldinger, in studio with me today. Welcome to the show, Emma. Hey. Last game 
against the Dinos. You came off in the 59th minute. Was that just was that an injury or just a knock? Like, how are you feeling? Um, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. It was like a shoulder injury. I have a previous injury, but okay. So it just kind of tweaked a little bit. But we're feeling good and ready to go for Sunday. You're good. You're good for Sunday. Yeah. Big game. Yeah, definitely a big game. So that game against Calgary, maybe not the result you wanted, but do you feel like you're in a good spot? Obviously, there was that really strong opening half performance from you guys. Um, so do you feel like you're sort of getting into the swing of things? Um, yeah, like we definitely worked on a lot this week in training, uh, addressed some issues that we went into in the Calgary game. And uh, yeah, we did a lot of video review to see what went wrong. And so we're feeling all pretty ready, I think, for Sunday. Uh, how is how has it been working under Dean? Obviously, you know, one of the most respected women's rugby coaches in the in the province uh, for the working for the Thunderbirds now. What does uh, having a coach like that uh, do for the for the team? Um, I love it. That's one of the main reasons I came to UBC was to be coached by Dean. Um, he's kind of like a second dad to the entire team, so that's nice. And he definitely motivates you to be better. <laughs> yells at you when you need to be yelled at, but also takes the time to, like, talk you through things if you're having issues, whatever you need. Like, he'll be there for you, so it's really awesome. You were called up, along with with Shoshana, to the uh, Canada Under-20 women's team this summer for the first time uh, for that Tri-Nations Cup in Loughborough. First match with the U-20s, you go and you beat the U.S. 24-7. to How does that feel for your first U-20 international? Oh, it was awesome. It was, like, unreal, first of all, to be selected, and then... Hi there, everyone. While we're trying to get the interview to come back up on air, um, in the meantime, we're just going to take a quick look around at some of the upcoming UBC sporting events for the next week. Jake, what do you got for us? Yeah, uh, later today, as mentioned, the men's rugby team taking on Bordeaux and that New Zealand University's all-star team. However, they decided to make up the best university players from New Zealand. Tomorrow, men's golf taking on the St. Martin's Invitational in Lacey, Washington, while women's soccer plays Regina at home. Women's hockey plays a home match, uh, another exhibition match against Team BC, another club team. Men's hockey at home against McEwen, also preseason on Saturday. That's a big day, a lot of stuff going on. Golf, the second day of their tournament. Uh, both hockey teams playing the same teams once again. Uh, there is a cross-country meet down in Seattle, the Emerald City Open, that our Thunderbirds will be down there. Football playing on the road in Manitoba at noon, looking to get that first win of the season. Men's field hockey playing Surrender Lions B. Men's soccer on the road against McEwen. And women's soccer here at home against Saskatchewan. And then on Sunday, assuming that the men's rugby team is able to overcome Bordeaux and New Zealand to make it to the semifinals of the tournament. That's when that'll be taking place. Women's rugby is playing Alberta. Men's soccer is also playing Alberta. Women's rugby is at home. Men's soccer is on the road. Then finally, we got golf on Monday and Tuesday as the men's and women's team are hosting, hosting in air quotes, a tournament down in Bellingham, uh, the Gale Moore Intercollegiate Invitational. The men's rugby team, if they make the final, that'll be on Monday. And then we'll hopefully have a record of some sort of men's volleyball action as they'll be taking on Douglas College in an exhibition as both they and the women's basketball team have 
finished up their trip to Padova, Italy. They returned a few days ago. Still, absolutely no record of anything that the men's volleyball team did while they were there. They're off the grid. They probably played three games. Uh, the women's basketball team, they did play one more uh, game since our last show. They took down Division One pro team Rare Venezia 79-38. to I'm not sure what that says about the state of the Italian uh, professional basketball division. <laughs> oh, but it <laughs> but says good things about our basketball good, team. Good things about our <laughs> basketball team, that's for sure. Both teams in preseason there. Yeah, we've got a lot of stuff coming up over the next week, as Jake just explained to you. i got to say, I'm happy to be covering golf, looking forward again. <laughs> After a few weeks on football here, I'm a bit tired of covering losses. So, well, Maybe you'll get to cover both. It'll be like a yin and yang. Yeah, you indeed. Get, you get the, the good, good of golf, the not so good of football. Well, yeah, exactly. I can celebrate the golf team's achievements and then get humbled by the football team. Yes. That was a word that was thrown around a lot this weekend after the homecoming game. The team was humbled. I feel like they probably are already humbled after, like, the second game. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe well. the first. <laughs> well, it seems that our interview is uh, being a little more finicky than I thought, but I think what we'll end up doing is coming back next week, delivering that interview right away. Apologies that it didn't come on right now. Um, but in the meantime, thank you all so much for tuning in this week uh, to CITR 101.9. Besides listening to the show, the best way to keep up to date with UBC Thunderbirds news, standings, and stories is to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at CITR Sports. Next up on CITR is Rocket from Russia. For Thunderbird Eye, this has been Jacob, Jake, Liz, Corey, and Nico with contributions from our very own Ben Nelson, who's off at class right now in high school. So listen Thursdays from 9 to 9.30 a.m. on CITR Radio or check us out on iTunes at Thunderbird underscore I. Thank you for tuning in and have a wonderful day.